Let's talk some overlooked stocks. We got a few other earnings that are worth the mention. George Tillis is looking at the numbers for higher car in particular that I'm interested in here. One that doesn't get enough attention, George, in the conversation about the big autos boom and how people are getting around in the age of Uber and Lyft, which consumes so much of the conversation. It's always either ride hailing or buying a used car. Where does higher car fit in? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's actually a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, car-sharing marketplace is what it is. So if you're an Uber driver and you don't have your own car, you can basically lease one through hire cars. So that's essentially what they do. They generate uh, you know revenues through transaction fees, insurance fees, and, of course, always the, uh, the best of fees is the late return fee. So uh, this company has actually done quite well over the last year. Uh, it is a recent IPO. Uh, not too long ago, late last year, it's up about 172% year to date, but uh, it just reported earnings. Stock to me looks like it's down considerably. Uh, it, it's last trade around $19. It looks like it's indicating somewhere around $15.75 at, uh, at the midpoint. But uh, they actually reported revenues. Uh, their guidance for total revenues in 2021 were around 65%. They actually hit the revenue number. Looks like they came in around $9.1 million versus the 8.94 million expected. Last year, it's a small company. They report about 5.58 million, but EPS, I think that's the kicker here. They were expected to report a loss of 12 cents and they essentially reported more than, uh, almost quadruple that number. It was a loss of 45 cents. And when you break it down to net income per uh, percent of revenue, the revenue came in higher than expected 9.1, but the net loss in total was about 9.3 million. So. The loss itself was expected to be 3.8, and I think that's why the stock is significantly the downside. Despite the fact that it's done well this year, it's a really new novel idea. I think uh, overall, it's a very promising business in an industry group that's not yet concentrated. We know Uber and Lyft have effectively become sort of a duopoly when it comes down to rideshare. But I think when it comes down to, of course, peer-to-peer -peer rentals of uh, vehicles, for either rideshare or for just general use, some higher car is certainly a name to, to take a look at. So George, uh, does it look like they have a place uh, in this market right now? How secure is the model when my needs can be met through either just uh, hiring a, uh, uh, an Uber to get me from point A to point B, or same up and buying a, you know, a car. I mean, it, it, how long does this middle ground yeah. exist? Is this for like specific, like if I'm moving or something, you know, in the city and I need a big yeah. van? I mean, what's the customer market that's different from the other ends yeah. of the spectrum? Yeah, so yeah, it's a great question. As always, OJ, in rideshare, it's point to point, A to B, you know, quick rides. When you look at hire car, it's for essentially longer term leases. You know, it's cheaper than a rental car agency. They're actually all over the place. Essentially, it's a software that allows you to hook up in a network on a quick uh, basis. Everything is mobile app driven. It's uh, it's very very fast and seamless. Okay. Once you so upload it's the your rental car, they're trying to put Hertz and stuff out of business. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's really about. Plus, again, you know, what if uh, you're looking to uh, to do Uber driving, but you don't even have your own car? You can essentially lease out a car for a day just for that purpose. So it gives basically, uh, you know, ride drivers flexibility, at, whether it's, you know, a longer term sort of leases, but also, like I said, just for quick uh, ride sharing, going shopping for bulk items, things like that. Okay. Interesting. All right. So, um, 
that's a way to look at it that, um, you know, has competition in kind of old businesses that have had trouble, uh, frankly, figuring out where they sit within uh, this new tech-driven paradigm. So the chart reflects a huge amount of potential here. I mean, right, that, that's still potential, George, or yeah. have we justified the ascent of this company that has been really mind-boggling, $3 to 24 just since October last year? Yeah, I think potential is there, uh, especially when it comes down to competition. There's a couple other companies, I forget to mention the names, uh, FlexDrive is one of them, but they're okay. privately held. So they're not facing competition from a publicly traded standpoint. It's still a developing market. It's a nation market. I think it really caught on because of the reopening of the economy. Now I think the fundamentals are catching up. So you have to be wary of fundamentals relative to price action. And I think that's why we're seeing some selling in the stock after hours. Okay. George, uh, I like that uh, rundown. So we'll watch, see how deep that selling goes. And uh, it's obviously got a lot of upside behind it. So if uh, downside down to 14 and a half is the beginning, I mean, this could be pretty rough. Uh, does it have potential to really get ugly yeah. for this, George? Last thought? I think so. I just think if you look at the market cap and, and essentially the net loss was a huge miss, that uh, it's justifiably so. This thing, this stock could trade downwards of 25 percent, at the very least early on the day. You may catch a bid at some point within the first 90 minutes of trading. That's generally when you see some reversals or bottoms form. Uh, but I, I would certainly keep that in mind. But right now, look at the action in the, in the after hours. It's very thinly traded, so just be wary of that as well. But I'm not, I'm not surprised to see it down maybe 20, even 30% to the downside tomorrow just based on the net loss that was reported versus estimate. Okay. All right, GT, let's keep going here. Upstart uh, has been one that is uh, waking up, uh, trying to push back towards the highs. We've got a rally in the aftermarket up to $156. UPST has had a good year. Uh, that said, though it's still off those highs as well. Uh, this is connecting yeah. individuals with banks, loans. We've had the leadership on the show before. They've got AI programming that targets people who were otherwise missed by banks for small loans, both personal and yeah. business. Yeah, so it's really, it's really about the personal loans, also small business loans, but even the auto loan market is something that Upstart is moving into for people who don't know the company and what they do. It's basically artificial intelligence and it's cloud-based, uh, you know, uh, AI uh, data-driven uh, lending models or credit-based modeling. So it's customizable for the users. For instance, they have partnerships with over uh, 20 regional banks, but it's all about getting quicker results, uh, getting people credit who actually deserve it, uh, using again, AI integrations, but also mitigating loan losses. Now this is not a finance company. It's a technology company that helps again, uh, streamline the credit approval process and deploy capital to those who are credit worthy. So the company is up about 200%, uh, 220 or so percent year to date. It's a, it's, a, it's a new developing company, but if you just look at the growth of, of this name, and I'll just go over the numbers real fast. Uh, the, the EPS estimate was 25 cents. That's positive. That's important here, it's profitable. Came in at 62 cents and it beat it by 148%. Top line sales, 194 million for the quarter. It beat the estimate, 154, by about 22 percent. Now, 194 million this quarter. All of last year, total sales were just shy of 320 million. So they've got basically in this quarter about 60 percent of all of last year's sales. The company is growing remarkably quick. 
but conversion rate is really important. And uh, last quarter they reported about a 22% conversion rate, and that and that means are they getting paid per inquiry? And uh, they beat that this quarter with 24% conversion rate. Not to mention the operating uh, income, which was negative last year by about 11 million, showed positive 36 million. So you basically have positive operating income with a company that's growing remarkably quick, already is profitable, and is even better giving some guidance for next quarter uh, in sales. Uh, the midpoint was 162 million for next quarter. They are guiding at 210 million. So that's a pretty significant increase by about 25% or plus versus the estimate. And then for all of fiscal year 2021, the, uh, the estimate was 601 million, and they're moving the target now threshold from 600 to 750 million. So nice. I think these two factors alone, uh, positive operating income, positive conversion rates, new customer signups, which were up about 49%, plus the guidance justifies a nice increase that we're seeing in the stock price after hours. I think this also is, uh, is a play on the, uh, the buy now, pay later trend that's going on as well. Okay, so you've got some real potential uh, themes here at work. How much, George, though, is going to be uh, economically dependent? Are they going to run into any issues? I mean, look, they don't take on the risk from the loans, yeah. uh, correct? That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct, yes. All right, so they're not a lender, it's not so like they're going to find out all these loans go bad. That's right. So they don't have financial risk. That's one of the interesting things about it. They're not going to, of course, benefit as much because of net interest margins. It's really about total loan volume growth. Also tapping into the consumer auto market. It's AI driven. Anything that improves efficiency, reduces loan losses. That's important for financial institutions who are using their technology. But there is one kicker. Credit Karma is actually a large customer uh, driver of traffic for Upstart. So what you would like to see is them diversify a little bit away from Credit Karma. And, and, and I think that's what a lot of analysts will be focused on in their conference call. All right. Uh, okay, so a little competition, a little uh, diversification from that competition and a beat here sends the stock soaring as opposed to the miss on the bottom line for higher car, which then uh, is uh, in trouble. Uh, George, last one uh, real quickly, give us a 60 second take. There's another cloud name that you're looking at that uh, we've talked about before, yeah. Pubmatic here. Walk me through how that one did. So Pubmatic is, is another one of these ad technology or, or programmatic digital ad based companies. You know, we talked about the trade desk that is customizable solutions that focus on buy side agencies. Well, Pubmatic uh, focuses on sell side or supply side publishers and ad companies that want to control and monetize their ads. So essentially, uh, it's, it helps uh, optimize, you know, ad developers and publishing, uh, you know, engagement when it comes down to online digital ads. So it's another one of these companies within this framework. Uh, overall, the industry group has been down, uh, you know, or not performed very well over the last year. But you can see that the manifestation over the last few months or so is showing strength in some of the leaders like the trade desk. But with that said, Pogmatic is an up-and-coming company. They did beat uh, the EPS, it looks like, by about $0.10, cents, coming in at $0.18 cents versus the uh, $0.08 cent estimate on a GAAP basis. But they also came in at top-line sales that beat up 88% with wow. $49.6 versus 45.74. So it's another company that does have profitability. Very small company in terms of market cap. But if you look at the net income for the quarter, relative to the, uh, the the revenue, they demonstrated a gap net income or profit of about 20%. So 
I haven't seen it since it, it popped in the after hours. I wouldn't be surprised to see some volatility, but keep in mind, they did post some net income that was very promising relative to expectations. All right, uh, pretty impressive stuff uh, uh, from the company, raising the guidance. I mean, clearly uh, the fundamental trend is uh, working and uh, the stock price has not been though on the year to date as we saw just uh, tough for some of these stocks, George, that seem like they're doing yeah, everything right, yeah. but they just got so expensive last year uh, in the big run up <laughs> that we'll see how it performs tomorrow. Maybe it's gotten beat up enough to uh, release some strength to the upside. We'll see, George. Thanks for the uh, explanation and the analysis here in the aftermarket. Sure, you got it, GT, our man from Salt Lake with the overlooked earnings of the day.